Jesus was, among other things, a great storyteller. And in Luke's gospel, we find one of his most engaging stories, the story of the prodigal son. It begins simply enough, saying there was a man who had two sons, and the younger, rather impertinently, asked for his share of the inheritance. While it's not the worst thing a child can do, it breaks the normal sequence of events and could be construed as an impatience, grasping for wealth, or even a wish that his father would die soon. It was a selfish act and somewhat humiliating to the father, but the father allowed the younger son his way and gave him the requested share. And so he left and turned everything to cash and went to a distant country, which could have been Italy. They were under Rome at that time, as you recall, or Syria or Egypt or uh, Babylon. Then, as often seems to follow high times and wild living, he encountered some seriously hard times and ended up working as a swineherd, which would have been utter degradation for a Jew. He sank so low that he longed to eat the pods that were fed to the swine. And so, hungry and demoralized, he suddenly realized that his, his father's servants were treated better than he was, and he also recognized his transgression against his father. So through suffering, he had lost his recklessness and had undergone a conversion. His humility is genuine, and he is a changed person. So he returns older, wiser, and his father has been waiting, not merely waiting, but watching and hoping the son would return and when he sees his son, he can hardly contain himself. Throwing dignity aside, he runs to meet him. It should be pointed out that a dignified man of property did not hoist up his robes and run in Roman-occupied Palestine. Aristotle proclaimed, great men never run in public. The father in this story casts aside his pride and tears out to meet his younger son. And while the young man does manage to speak of his unworthiness and utter his request to be his father's hireling, the father doesn't seem to hear. He's ordering the servants to bring a robe, the finest robe, one reserved for the most important guests, sandals and a ring, emblems of welcome for an honored guest and a son, not the trappings of a hireling. The father goes on to order a magnificent celebration and feast, calling for the fatted calf, and saying, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. Ernest Hemingway told a story of a man who had become estranged from his teenaged son. The son had wronged his father and fled. The father, worried and eager for reconciliation, searched all over Spain, but couldn't find his son. Finally, in Madrid, in a desperate attempt, he placed an ad in the daily newspaper. It read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday. All is forgiven. I love you. He signed it, your papa. The father prayed that maybe, just maybe, his son would see the ad and come. And so on Tuesday at noon, the father arrived at the Hotel Montana and was st stunned by what he saw. A police squadron had been called to keep order among the 800 boys nicknamed Paco who had come to meet their father. 
800 boys had seen the ad and hoped it was for them. 800 had come to receive the forgiveness they so badly needed. Some of you may be familiar with the painting of the prodigal son by Rembrandt, where the father's hands hold the tattered shoulders of his kneeling son. The story of the prodigal and his return resonates with many of us. We can feel the deep healing of that union. Let's go back, though, to our gospel story. The sun returned, festivities begin, but the story doesn't end there because, as you recall, the father had two sons. The older son hears the music and learns his brother has returned. He hears there's a huge party underway and his father has killed the fatted calf. He's hurt, angry, and refuses to participate. He's always done the right thing, always tried to honor and please his father, never squandered money, or even left home. Yet nobody ever threw such a party for him. His father tries to talk to him, but the elder boy is furious and refers to his prodigal brother as his father's son, as if he had no ties himself. And he actually doesn't really speak to his father as a father. Rather, he treats him as an overlord or his boss. It's the father who points out the connection between the two sons. This brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The father reassures the older boy of his love for him, but also points out the disconnected relationship between the two estranged brothers. What's not immediately apparent is the other son has also been lost. From our lesson, you realize uh, the context of this story in the life of Jesus. Jesus befriended outcasts and those deemed as sinners. This included tax collectors uh, who were considered scum because they worked for the Roman oppressors against their own Jewish people. Prostitutes and outcasts also followed Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes who represented the official religious life criticized Jesus for receiving and eating with such known sinners. The story of the prodigal was his response to these critics, and he included in the story both the critics and the sinners who followed him. It's also helpful to remember this story in its place in the gospel. It's one of three stories that Jesus tells to describe the reign of God. All three stories are related. They are, in fact, a trilogy. The first is the story of the good shepherd, who has a hundred sheep, but on losing one of them, leaves the other 99 and searches until he finds the lost one. The second story is, is of a woman who has ten silver coins, but upon losing one, searches and sweeps her house until it's found. Both of these stories are metaphorical stories of God and our relationship with God. We are the lost lamb and the lost coin. God is the good shepherd, and God is the diligent woman who searches to find us. The message of these stories is that God values each of us greatly and that we are of infinite worth. But the first two emphasize the diligence of God seeking after us when we're lost. The, the third story, the story of the prodigal son, tells us of the wealth of love and forgiveness that is ours if we but ask for it. And the last story goes even further than the other two because it tells us something of the nature of sin 
and the way in which it divides us against ourselves. We might explore that further by looking at the story of the prodigal son as a story of one person divided against him or herself. The prodigal and his brother are like two sides of each of us. The prodigal is the impulsive, live-for-the-moment one, eager to have everything and now. The other is the one who plans and saves and believes that through hard work he will achieve his goals. Each of these ways of doing things applies to the life of the spirit as well as ordinary daily life. The prodigal is spontaneous but lacks discipline. The older brother has order but lacks joy. Each one needs the other. The task for Christians is to balance the two. For whenever we lean too far one way or the other, we become off balance and need to reconcile ourselves to the other part. The Swiss psychoanalyst Carl Jung developed a concept that he called the shadow. It's a part of each individual's psychology, and it's the repository of all the things about ourselves that are unacceptable to us. We can usually find out about our shadow by thinking of people and traits that we strongly dislike. Such traits are often ones that we have, but we push them so far from us that we don't recognize them in ourselves. So it seems is the case of the prodigal son and his brother. The wanton, irresponsible brother probably found his older brother's orderly and traditional behavior boring and rigid. Likewise, the resentful and self-righteous older brother no doubt found the prodigal's outgoing and adventurous nature wasteful and unruly. Actually, each could learn a great deal from the other and be well on the way to becoming fuller human beings. But first, as the father, who represents God in the story, shows us, each must accept and own the other. Jesus urges us to love our enemies and make friends with our adversaries. Our gospel story tells us the joy of being found and forgiven, of God's longing for us and God's desire for our wholeness. We can apply that to both our inner and outer worlds. In order to be whole people, we need to accept our shadow side and make friends with it. The poet E.E. E. Cummings tells of such a reconciliation in this poem. A total stranger one black day knocked living the hell out of me, who found forgiveness hard because my, as it happened, self it was. But now that fiend and I are such immortal friends, the others each. Here at St. Luke's in 2016, there's also a social side to the story. Prodigals are all around us, right outside our doors. They're the Sunday shoppers, the bike riding, coffee drinking, dog walking denizens of Los Gatos. They're also the hungry and homeless, the aimless and struggling poor who come to the pantry. And we, the followers of Jesus, welcome them. But there may be struggles along the way. We may at times be torn like the older brother and feel we have more to protect than something to share. But the father loved both sons and was generous to both. It's important to remember this lesson from the parable. The reception of a sinner does not mean 
the rejection of a saint. The father told the older son, all that I have is yours. He did not take from the older son to replenish the younger, but he asked the older son to acknowledge the prodigal as his brother. And we can assume that once he did so, the older son would then come to learn the generosity his father had shown. Each of us can understand the prodigal and feel the anguish of his failure, and each of us can understand the hurt of the older brother who had served faithfully. Is there a prodigal in your life? An older brother? Chances are they are both. Even though it's difficult, Jesus asks that we accept the prodigal in others and in ourselves, and that we also love and accept the hurt older brother, both in others and in ourselves. It can be a mighty challenge, but St. Gregory of Nyssa once said, Sin is always the refusal to grow. As we heard in our lesson from St. Paul, Christ has given us the ministry of reconciliation, which is at work in each of us now, and it will empower and enable us to do things beyond all that we thought possible. Amen.